Hello, hello everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the Big Grand Podcast. Today we'll be talking about football. I hope you guys enjoyed the weekend. I hope soccer was entertaining for every one of you. No matter the team you support, I hope you guys had fun. Hope your team didn't disappoint you. But I'm speaking from any team that won, but if you're a Tottenham fan, I'm sorry. This doesn't apply to you. Um, we had a great, great week of football. We went looking back at the Champions League. It was nice. This weekend was better. It was even like better for some teams. Let's take a look at the cha- midweek feature, the Champions League feature. We had Madrid knocking out PSG, surprisingly knocking out PSG. I don't really want to look go in depth about that game, but that game was really, really good football. I can't even lie. That is the level of football I really like to enjoy. But let's look at PSG's side. PSG where they literally slept off. Madrid dominated that midfield so well. So PSG. And PSG's midfield is not is not existent because the attackers are also not dropping back to help the midfield. So that's about that. PSG got knocked out. Then this weekend, you see fans booing Neymar and Messi because apparently they had a bad performance. Clearly, Neymar didn't turn up in that game against Madrid. So they got knocked out and they felt like they should express their disappointment with the players. So they ended up moving the old disappointment into Neymar and Messi because they have so much expectations from the two of them as the one of like these two are the best players in the team but they don't they don't get that it is more than being the best player in the team. The coach the coach Pochettino doesn't know how to manage this kind of players. He doesn't know who to get. These guys are keep they keep getting big names but they are not filling out they are not filling up the gaps in the team. Let's look at the midfield. The midfield is so bad. Like it's just names. It's just variety in that midfield. Ronaldo is, even though he barely plays, but he's not good. Idrissagi doesn't do his thing. He's meant to work as a defensive midfielder, but he doesn't do his thing. But yeah, let's forget about PSG Madrid. Let's focus on the Premier League, which was a very interesting weekend. So, so first things first, the game, the week started off with Brighton and Liverpool. Actually, I was going to skip that, but as expected, we we saw Liverpool winning two new against Brighton. I'm not really going to touch up on that one because that's what you expect from Liverpool, even though they were away. Then later on on Saturday, we had Tottenham against United at Old Trafford. Wow. As a United hitter, Ronaldo hitter. Let me not say hit, but I have preferences. And I can't support United or Ronaldo. I was really surprised. Especially Ronaldo's first goal. That goal was beautiful, bro. But Tottenham's defence. Why would... Why didn't you just pressure the guy? Like, get the ball, try and get the guy, get the ball off his feet before he could shoot. But big shout out to Manu and Ronaldo, 3-2. Harry Maguire kept doing Harry Maguire things, scored a long goal. But did you guys see Romero's shout? <laughs> Romero guy is a funny guy. I don't know why people started rating him all of a sudden because he joined Tottenham. This guy has been very ass, very, very average. Let me not call him ass. He's, he's a very average midfielder and um, defender. And I only see Tottenham signing that guy. I don't see any. I don't see him playing for any other club besides Tottenham and teams below Tottenham. T- Tottenham standard. But yeah, back to Manu's game. Manu beat Tottenham three two. Hat trick from Ronaldo. Beautiful game. Although that third goal was re- really needed because Tottenham felt like they could come back in the game after Maguire's own goal. But United moved up to fourth for for. For a couple of hours, like 24 hours, they stood up in fourth foot. Then the rifle owners of the fourth position came back, which we'll talk about later in the episode. But Ronaldo hat trick, what can I say about that? Ronaldo is a oh man. 
can't even I can't believe I'm saying this, but but I think before then I thought Ronaldo could not he doesn't he didn't have things like that in his bag again. The only thing that I could see Ronaldo scoring, type of goals I could see Ronaldo scoring were goals in the box. Like like look at this couple goals that he has scored from United, like in the box, maybe a tapping, maybe a cross from the side, just just do Ronaldo things and score it. Volley it inside and everything. But Ronaldo showed up, man. I can't even lie. Showed up big time. Showed everybody who he was and how the star. Did you guys see how the guy left the stadium when he was after the final whistle? Man just went to shake Conte. Then it was just, hey, 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 hey. Then he left the stadium. Big shout out to Ronaldo. Big Ronaldo, man. And yeah, United, United moved up to... United moved up to fourth, which was actually a very scary size for us now. Because honestly, going into that game, I wanted Tottenham. I wanted a draw because Tottenham to are also as close. They are really close, but not as close as United were to us. So United winning was actually bad for us now. Then moving on from us from Manchester in my U Tottenham's game, we went Sunday's game. We quickly look at Chelsea and Newcastle. Newcastle's game. Chelsea won one nil. I feel like Newcastle have improved so much, man. Like they were, they were actually trying to score Chelsea. That's the thing because teams like Newcastle, bottom half teams, they just come to the game to try and get points and bounce, get the points and bounce. But they actually tried and they held Chelsea up to like the 88 minutes where Havertz actually scored, which he, bro, that goal was beautiful. Just to touch, to touch ball and he scored. Havertz is be- <laughs> that guy is playing ball though. His stocks are increasing. Havertz is playing ball. But Newcastle also had a penalty incident where they claim where they I feel like they deserve to have that penalty because it was actually it it tripped him off and fortunately we were not giving and everybody has been making a lot of things about that like and all. So moving on from Chelsea's game. Before I leave there, Chelsea is Chelsea currently sitting third, comfortably in third. But I feel like they should not get comfortable enough because if I've been an Arsenal fan, a really optimistic Arsenal fan, which I sh- recommend you shouldn't. I feel like Arsenal have they have a chance to fight for third with Chelsea. So Chelsea should not get really comfortable with that third position. They should just be taking every point as they can get. And yeah, we're coming for you. Ah, uh, let's forget about Arsenal. Let's look at the bottom t- the bottom half of the table where we had Leeds finally getting their first win with the new coach, the American coach. They beat Maybe not with 2 1. These are two bottom half, bo- bottom table teams that I don't know, man. These two teams that I don't even know who's going to relegate. But of, luckily for Leeds, they got their first win 2 1. Then Everton, I don't know what is wrong with Everton and Lampard. They just keep losing, bro. They keep losing. What? They've lost their source. That Everton source was rubbish. I think Rafa Benitez came to Everton to destroy that club. He had no other, like, Nothing good came out from his time in that club. He didn't sign anybody proper. They were barely getting wins. I think he just came to Everton to destroy that team. And he has successfully done that. Then he handed it over to an up. Lampard. Lampard too is doing bullshit there. He's not... What the, the got team for? He's not doing it. He's not moving them from that bottom position to the top. But hopefully they figured out themselves. Because if we're looking at it, then Lampard and Everton are going to get relegated at this pace. Because right now they are sitting five points away from relegation. Everton is currently on 20, 22 points from 26 games. They've only won six games all through the season. They've lost 16 games. 
they are tied for 18th. They are tied. They are tied in points with Watford 22. Who actually? Who, Watford actually won today. Then you have Norwich, Burnley, Watford, Everton, Leeds. Let me see Brentford. They are really close together. Just a couple like 10 points gap from each other. So the relegation battle too is something very interesting down there. I look to see Everton getting relegated, but it's just it's just going to be weird. Like that Messi side derby, all those things, like it's just it's just going to be weird seeing Everton relegated. I want to see how the Premier League shape off after that. But moving on from Everton, later on in the week, later on that day, we also had the, the, the game of the week, of the weekend. Arsenal beating Leicester 2-1. I can't call this game of the weekend, it's just a regular game. But let's look at it. Arsenal have won 9, they've gotten 9 wins in 11 games in the Premier, just in the Premier League. 9 wins in the last 11 games and the loss coming from City and the draw to Burnley. You guys have to understand how beautiful that is, how brilliant that is. These nine wins are not just home wins; these are home and away wins. Yeah, some people might say this are against um this day small oppositions and everything, but if you look at it during the time of Una Emery and even Asewenga during these late days, late days of Asewenga, we were not able to do this. Our away form was horrible; like we could not hold a win. Look at Wolves. Wolves away, Wolves at home, we beat them. Think I look back at 2020-2021 season. Bro, we could barely beat any mid-table side. We could barely get we could barely get points for mid-table side. I think what Ateta is doing right now is is a very beautiful job. And we get a striker, I'm a, bro. That's that third position. We are going back to the top. I, I don't want to be too optimistic right now, but we have to give the guy credit for what he has done so far. Now let's let's get back to the game. Let's look back at the two two new win against Leicester. Goes from Thomas Party, a beautiful header from Premier Party. Nice cross, nice cross from this guy Martinelli. Finished up by Party. Beautiful job. I think the set piece was really nice, straightforward. But Leicester, I think they were just sleeping for that one. Pereira and this guy was it Barnes? They were just sleeping so. Capitalize on that. Then we kept on trying to score. We kept on trying to go because one year, you know, one year is never a safe, never a safe bet against things like Leicester where they can just do something real quick and just tap in and score a goal. So got that one. Then in the second half, we got a goal, a penalty incident, which led to the second goal by Lacazette. I don't know. Schmeichel was having a case where Lacazette was took too many steps or something before actually shooting the ball. But I, bro, I think the only problem was with him. But good game on you know man. Let's let's just look at let's I just want to give you a special a special shout out to Martin Odegaard. This guy has been beautiful. Like we have to give this guy credit. You guys, opposition teams can actually banter him so much. But this guy has been beautiful. As an Arsenal fan, we look at if we look back at the days of Ozil, Ozil's prime was beautiful football. Then from that time, let me see, since since twenty nineteen your opportunity now bro nobody has filled that position smith Rowe did a good job doing that but odigat is different bro odigat's touches his moves his passes they are properly executed and it actually they're actually very effective his touches in the midfield he has filled that gap between the midfield and the attack dig it he doesn't have to even draw back to carry the ball and oh let's let me go and distribute the attacker he knows what to do defender gives him the ball 
he plays one two with Saka or Lacazette, and he makes something happen. This is the Arsenal football that we always loved and we always enjoyed. And finally, it's very good to see him back, man. I feel he has actually filled Ozil's shoes, and his future is bright in Arsenal. I just need, I just think we have to surround him with a striker, which I was going to talk to a possible striker we get in this in the attack, like. Uh, in main number nine, whose goal is just to score, no hold up, play, no nothing, just to go and score. But now let's look at that thing. The Lacazette's job as the number nine is basically a false nine who is just going to give space for the attack, for the wingers to move up and score. Like Martinelli and Saka, they go, they move up and score while he does the hold up play. But we get a striker who is number a main number nine. That means we have to change our way of play, like. I don't know if you guys understand what I'm saying, but our way of play has to change. We have to like more like everybody has to accommodate the striker to go and score. I don't know if that is going to be effective in this thing, in with Arteta's gameplay. But one you know, man, we're just spectating. I don't know what's going. We don't know what's going on behind the scene. What Arteta has in plan and everything. Sure. But if I'm meant to pick a striker for us to sign during the summer, I'm honestly going to go for Victor Simen. Victor Osimhen is a very, very natural number nine who can score goals with every part of his foot and can score from outside where he has scored like a couple from outside. He's a very like demanding striker who knows how to score goals. It's one thing to be a striker and one thing to know how to score goals. This guy can score goals with his head, with his leg, any right foot, left foot. Beautiful striker. I feel I feel he fits that role very young. Well, he's still like 23-24. So he's kind of young and he can still adapt with any style of football we have. And another thing I wanted to talk, another striker I was going to say, but I don't think we should pay a huge amount of money for him is this guy, Carvelewin in Everton. Now that hopefully Everton gets relegated, so we just get that guy for cheap and get that guy because I'm not paying anything more than 30 million for Carvelewin because he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not playing in Europe, he's not playing. He's not playing for England. He's not doing anything. So he's just sitting. He's just going to be at Everton. So I think we should snap that guy up too. So my top two, um, Victor Simen and um, Calvin Lewin. I don't know who you guys think should do, but I don't. I, for some reason, for podcasts, I don't. There's no way for you guys for everybody inter- to interact like me and the listeners to interact. It's just like the listeners are just consuming it. So that's my own period. The whole the whole podcast thing. So if you guys can follow us on Instagram, maybe that's a better way for us to interact. Then I'll make a post on this particular episode. Then you can just comment which striker, which attacker you think Arsenal should sign for the next season, for the summer. But yeah, moving on for that. Arsenal, good football, great football. Play good football today. So let's take a look at our next couple of fixtures. And let's see if it's even possible for us for, for us to qualify for Champions League football. Next, we have Liverpool. Face Liverpool at home. Then Aston Villa away. Then Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace away. You see those two, Aston Villa away and Crystal Palace away. They are very, very funny fixtures. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. If you look, normally as an Arsenal fan, I've been scared so much that if I look at fixtures like that, I can say, oh, we're going to lose those type of games because we're fond of losing those type of games in the last two to three seasons. These type of games are just games that the opposition will actually just press us, get one new or two one win and bounce and we lose that game. But I'm I'm really excited to see how these two games come up. Then we have Brighton at home after Crystal Palace, then Southampton, then we face 
Man U on the 23rd of April. I think this is going to be a very interesting game. And this game will actually determine who actually finishes at top four. So that's that's that for Arsenal's fixtures. Uh, let's look at general fixtures. From next week, what do we have? Midweek. We, have, we actually have midweek football. So that is Arsenal-Liverpool. That is really a big game. Mm, aside that, we have Mayu Leicester on the 2nd of April, which is kind of far. But all in all, great week. We had great football. I hope you guys really, you guys were entertained as much as we are. I was, sorry. And maybe I will look at talking about, um, what is this thing? La Liga later in the year. Later, later on, if I watch this game. Because their games are always late. God, they are playing football at 4 p.m. Like, bro, everybody has finished. If you are not playing 4 p.m. at time, if you are not playing game between, let me say, 10, sorry, 7 to f- seven to 3, God, I don't think no one is going to watch that thing because that's the whole of my Sunday gone. But let me cut this episode short. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I I hope I'll continue to give you guys more episodes like this. Fingers crossed because I always say this after every episode before the start. More, more so- football-focused episodes. And we'll see where it goes from there. Thank you so much for listening if you got to this end. And if you like this if you like this episode, if you like this style of episode, don't forget to leave. I don't know what you even see for podcasting. But please, thank you so much for listening. Interact with our Instagram is big rants with an underscore after the T. And have, a, have yourself a good week. Good week. Enjoy football and stay safe.